Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Catherine, the hot frick summer ended last week, but we're getting the biggest fire I can do it with a straight face. <laughs> I'm Annie Snyder. This is Politico Energy. And yesterday... I'm pleased to be joined by all four of our setting federal energy regulatory commissioners this morning. I want to thank you all for being here to discuss the work of the commission. Four people who will hold enormous sway over whether President Biden's green energy agenda succeeds or fails went face-to-face with senators, who are facing their own key decisions right now about just how aggressively to push the agenda through legislation. There's a wide agreement that we need to address climate change, but less agreement on how, how fast and and at what cost. In my view, the only way to do it is without sacrificing reliability and affordability is with policies that spur innovation, not elimination. So today, I'm checking in with my colleague, Catherine Morehouse, on a major Senate hearing with the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission. It's Wednesday, September 29th. Catherine, the hot work summer ended last week, but we're getting the biggest fireworks from the commission now. This was the first time in three years that commissioners came before the Senate Energy and Natural Resources Committee. Is that right? Yes. It was the first time that all four commissioners were in front of the Senate, and it actually followed a letter from ranking member John Barrasso, and he had been really critical of how the commission was, you know, in his mind, delaying some of these pipeline projects. Uh, so certainly there was kind of a lot leading up to to this hearing as well. So it sounds like one of the biggest sticking points had to do with the Clean Energy Performance Program that is being considered as part of the reconciliation package out of the House. The House Democrat plans will effectively end any new oil, natural gas, coal, and hard rock mineral production on federal lands and waters. What did the commissioners have to say about that? Yeah, it was really interesting because this isn't something that directly would impact the commission, you would think. But actually, Commissioner James Danley made his point was essentially that well, if this clean energy payment program comes through, it's going to really harm reliability of the system. It's going to raise costs for customers. And ultimately, FERC is going to have to be on cleanup duty because we're going to have to deal with the fallout. And Commissioner Christie, it was really fascinating. He went off script. He really made this appeal to Senator Joe Manchin saying, you know, I used to be a commissioner in the state of Virginia, and I know a lot about your state, the state of West Virginia. And I know that you all depend really heavily on coal. And if these coal-fired plants have to go offline early because of this program, then your state is going to suffer. Another one of the points of contention, it sounds like, had to do with environmental reviews for pipelines and other fossil fuel projects, right? How did that, what was that conversation? This has been an issue with the commission for a while. Uh, The courts have consistently ruled over the past few years that FERC is moving too quickly. They've been accused of rubber stamping pipeline projects, and the court has essentially agreed with in a number of cases. And Chairman Glick has has always been a proponent of that. Under the Natural Gas Act, FERC essentially must determine whether a proposed interstate natural gas pipeline is both needed and in the public interest before issuing the certificate of public convenience and necessity. So in March, they, they started to review climate change impacts and it's debatable, I think, whether that's actually slowed down some projects, but some of the senators are really concerned that it could be slowing down. Chairman Glick's argument is that if we don't take a sharper look at the certification process, then the courts are going to go back and, and vacate 
these certificates and the pipelines won't be able to operate at all. That creates more market uncertainty. Of course, the other big role that the Senate is going to have to play when it comes to FERC is to consider the nomination of President Biden's nominee, Willie Phillips, right? Did you get the impression that the commissioners were feeling frustrated by the current 2-2 deadlock? Um, And did we get any word from the committee on when we might see that nomination process move forward? Yeah, I think the commission actually last week seemed a little bit more frustrated by the deadlock. There was an electricity proposal that didn't go through uh, essentially because of that deadlock, it seems It seems like. So I, I think it is clear that, that commissioners are frustrated by that. And it, it's also clear that, you know, the commissioners are divided on this pipeline issue and that in order to move forward, they'll have to break that deadlock. And Senator Joe Manchin, I think, did indicate multiple times that he wants to see uh, Willie Phillips go through as quickly as possible. He said that at the beginning and, and again at the end. So so hopefully we'll see that. Let me say before, the best FERC is a fully seated FERC, and I'm looking forward to quickly holding a hearing on Willie Phillips, President Biden's nominee, to fill the vacant seat on the commission once we received all the necessary paperwork. There was a lot of disagreement, obviously, but there was some agreement between Commissioner Danley and Chairman Glick and I, I believe the other two commissioners that cybersecurity standards should be stricter, that that the federal government in particular needs to have better oversight over cybersecurity of pipelines in particular. Uh, and of course, after Colonial Pipeline and after, frankly, the, the winter storms in Texas, I think. We, while we have reliability standards for the electric industry, we don't have reliability standards for the natural gas industry, including pipelines. I think it's something Congress needs to seriously take a look at because we saw what happened in Texas. Folks in Congress are realizing that the gas industry perhaps needs as much oversight as the electric industry. Also, developers of a controversial pipeline project finally called it quits after years of protests and regulatory reversals. On Monday, developers of the Penn East Pipeline put an end to their proposed 116-mile project, which was meant to transport natural gas from Pennsylvania to New Jersey. Environmental groups had for years protested along the path of the proposed pipeline, but most importantly, New Jersey officials slowed, denied, and backtracked on permits needed for the pipeline to be finalized. Those regulatory setbacks go all the way back to Chris Christie's tenure as governor. Now, with Democratic leadership at FERC set to make the construction of the interstate pipeline even more difficult, the proposed project appeared all but doomed when developers pulled the plug Monday. If you want more news on energy and the environment in your inbox, make sure to subscribe to our newsletter at politico.com slash morningenergy. Some of the music on today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Annie Snyder. See you tomorrow. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Did you know that Chevron supports the ambitions of the Paris Agreement? In fact, they've even tied their executives' compensation to lowering the carbon emissions intensity of their operations. Because it's only human to help power a brighter future.